Some of those songs think about as we were singing about the cross of the Lord, things that He did for us on the cross. I get to think of that really personal. I don't know about you. But as I hear those songs and as I hear the Word of God that talks about what Jesus suffered through on the cross for my sin, I have to look at myself and say that I'm not worthy of what He did. And it brings tears to my eyes often when I think of how he suffered because of my sin. And the sins of all the people of the whole world. Jesus paid the price for those on the cross. And I'm glad today that we can come together on this first day of the week to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. And we can come together to worship him who gave his life for us. And that we can celebrate Father's Day because fathers were important to God. They were very important to God. He kept mentioning fathers all the way through the Word of God. And he had a lot of responsibility that he placed on our shoulders. I know it is a privilege also to be a father, but there is a great deal of responsibility that we have as fathers that we have as the spiritual leader of the home. And so today we celebrate that. Now, I'm not here today to jump all over fathers. I know how it usually has gone through the years, but Jim, you're grinning because you know that it's true that oftentimes they, they do talk about all this love on Mother's Day and how, how these mothers are loved and adored and, and all of that kind of thing. And then on Father's Day, they jump all over because of the different things they perceive as the fathers aren't doing this and the fathers aren't doing that or the fathers aren't doing the other. But I want to encourage you, fathers. I want to encourage you by the Word of God that does call for some responsibility. But I want you to understand uh, that as fathers today, that responsibility also has a great deal of joy with you. When I think about the life of our own, own boys as we raised them as they were young and as we brought them up to adulthood and I recognize the things that took place. I recognize that God gave me a great privilege of being a father. And I'm so grateful for that. If you'll turn with me today, we're going to read one verse initially in the Word of God. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. You'll recognize this passage of Scripture because it talks out talks first about children and, and their responsibility to obey and their responsibility to honor their father and mother, uh, that it may be well with you on earth. And verse 4 says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray today that our hearts would be so open. I pray your Heavenly Father that our minds would to hear what you have to say to us. And I pray, God, that we might be responsive in a positive way to those things that you share. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that we may take this in. And Lord, we recognize that it will be to us, the 
the fathers here in the congregation. And we recognize, dear Heavenly Father, that it is very crucial not only that we hear, but that we obey your holy word. And God, I am thankful that God, as Christian fathers, that we have your Holy Spirit within us. And God, we are able to lift up your holy name. And we're enabled by your Spirit to obey you and to be what you have called us to be as spiritual fathers, bringing up our children in the nurturing and the mission that you have given unto us. Heavenly Father, now your way and let your spirit touch all of our hearts and lives. God, during this time we have together, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. The first time we come across the word Father in the English Bible is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Here's what it says. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. You notice that the man leaves father and mother. The father and mother has had a responsibility of teaching this man who becomes a father, or becomes a husband of his own, beginning his own household. And we recognize that in our own lives, that we grew up in a home. Hopefully you grew up in a home that had a father and a mother. But there's a lot of people today who grew up in homes that do not have both a father and a mother. And we recognize that both of these are seen as very important in the raising of a child, whether it be a boy or a girl. They need to see the roles that father and mother have been called to fulfill in the Word of God. And it's impossible for them to see that in all of its fullness unless there is a father and a mother in the home. But we recognize here that it comes that time that a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves unto his wife and they become one flesh. Most of us, as fathers, can remember day that that took place for us. When we left and we recognized we had entirely new responsibilities that we had never, ever had before. I won't ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you recognized very quickly that you had no idea how to undertake that responsibility? We didn't know exactly what to do. We may have had that model before us, but you may not have had it modeled too. But in that model, we had some expectations that we found did not work when we got our wife and started our own home. We recognized that some things we didn't learn, yet there were some things that we did that we are grateful that you and I have learned. Now, when I read this passage of Scripture, I recognize how special that relationship is between parents and child. Uh, children between fathers and sons, between fathers and daughters. Now I've noticed something, see we never had any daughters, uh, but I've noticed something about the fathers who have daughters. Most of them are very close to those daughters. In fact, that daughter can twist that dad around that little finger with just a word or a tear. It doesn't take much. And we always long to have those daughters that we never had till we got daughters-in-law. And then we got granddaughters. 
So then we begin to recognize and see how that happens. You know, grandfathers have a great deal of responsibility, but we got great privilege too. Recognize that when those children come to our house, they're not our children. And when we had our children, we didn't want them spoiled so that they would not listen, so they had great expectations. But we spoiled and sent them home. Now let you do that kind of thing. We have a great responsibility. Now the law of Moses placed children under an obligation to honor their parents. In the words that I spoke just a moment ago, recognized again by Paul in Ephesians. If God tells us something one time, we better pay attention to it. But when God tells us something more than one time, we have really better pay attention to it. Because that's exactly what he meant. That children are to honor their father and their mother. And I see so much of the dishonor today in children as they blare out words of rebellion in the presence of everyone uh, up to their parents. Makes me want to spank their child for them. Uh, I have offered my belt to a few people. Uh, I don't know the old school. I believe what God's saying. Uh, and it's not spare the rod, spoil the child. If it's beating them with a rod, they will not die. Now that's what he's saying. That's exactly how he put it. In other words, they need their will broken to your will. That's the only way you're going to be able to train them up in the way that they should go. Paul said that it's still binding. Today across our nation, children are honoring fathers. And I believe that God honors fathers who take their responsibility seriously. But I think that he punishes fathers who don't. We have to remember that he gives us a lot of great, great illustrations in the Word of God. Fathers, we salute you today. We know how tough it is because, you see, this is the first time we've been fathers. We had to start learning how to be a father. Now, we can learn an awful lot from the Word of God, but if we haven't read it or studied it, we may not know those things, and we're learning. This is called on-the-job training. Now, sometimes we might not train very well. We may not have got it down yet. We're still learning, and we will make mistakes as fathers. Anybody as a father in here never made a mistake with their children? I don't see any hands. You know why? Because we all make mistakes as we learn. The influence of a father is far-reaching for both good and bad. Some of the illustrations we find for the bad is Eli, who was a priest in his day, would not really discipline his own boys as they did things wrong, not only outside of the temple, but as they served in the temple, doing things wrong, he wouldn't discipline them. And we find that when he failed to do that, God brought discipline unto them because he took their lives, and he also took the life of Eli. There was a punishment that came for refusing to take the responsibility that was his as a father. And God had him pay a price. He was a leader. But he stood by in all of this. And God brought that judgment to him. Now we recognize when we look in the word of God that children are blessed because of the actions of their father. If he honors his responsibility, he exerts a positive influence on those children. He really does. And we need to know that our responsibility is of guiding the family and spiritual things especially 
God said of Abraham, for I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him in Genesis 18, 19. Abraham, like Eli, knew God, but unlike Eli, he understood his role as a father, and he fulfilled it. And through him, the whole world has been blessed. Through, through this man, Abraham, all the world has been blessed. Through his line came our Savior. That Savior died on the cross for our sins. That Savior sends his word to us that by grace through faith in him that we are saved. And so through him, all the world is blessed. Not just the Jewish people, but even the Gentile people have been blessed. So in our day, fathers have a very important family role to play. In order to fulfill that role that he gave us and be the positive spiritual influence God planned for us, we must know him through Jesus, bring our children to him, and consistently examine the right way of living before him. That's so much for the introduction. I know you thought I was through. Could have been. But no. Look in the word of God. If we're going to fulfill that road that God called us to fulfill, we must know Jesus. A father must know Jesus. Now, I am not talking about just knowing about Jesus. As a child, I knew about Jesus long before I knew Jesus as Lord and Savior. I knew about him. You could question me as a child and say, who is Jesus? I can tell you, Jesus has done something. You could ask me about what he did. I could say he died on the cross. He rose the third day. I could tell you all of that, all of that about him. I could repeat the things I learned at Bible school that God loves me. But you know what? I didn't know Jesus in this biblical sense of salvation until later in life. I did not know that. But if we're going to be a biblical influence, a positive influence, make a difference in the lives of our children, then we as fathers must know Jesus. Now by that, here's, here's something that I mean. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There is one way to know the Father. That's by grace and faith in Jesus. There is no other way. We need to know that. And we need to know that on the simple fact that you and I have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. We confess Him as Lord and Savior. And it's so plain, it's not something that, that it takes a brilliant person to discover. God made it simple for us because He knew we needed it to be simple. And the simplicity of it is, He said, that if you will confess Jesus, as Lord and as Savior, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I will ask you, what is hard about that? Is that hard to understand? No. That's very simple to understand. We must know Jesus, we must know him as Lord and Savior. And then we must have a teachable spirit. We must have a teachable spirit. 
You recognize that the moment that we believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, that God puts his Holy Spirit in us? And when he puts his Holy Spirit in us, there is a whole world of possibilities that is open unto us, and not just the world, but that which is in heaven is open unto us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is within us. We may not understand why, how that works, but when we take this Word of God right here and we begin to read it before we know Jesus, we recognize, we read, and we read, and the thing that I hear the most is, I don't understand. You ever heard of that said I don't understand. I read it and I don't understand it. When we don't have the Holy Spirit in our life, we don't understand the spiritual application of the Word of God because the Holy Spirit is the one who must interpret this Word of God, which is truth. For the Holy Spirit comes not only to seal us until the day of redemption, but the Holy Spirit comes to teach us all truth. And what he is talking about is spiritual truth. This is the only thing that is truth. This is the written truth of which Jesus is the living truth. Remember? way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. So we recognize that this is truth that we must know. It is spiritually learned. We must have a teachable spirit. And if we do not surrender to the Lordship of Jesus, we never have a teachable spirit. But once the Spirit of God is in us as we surrender to His Lordship day by day, and as we study, as He tells us to study the Word of God, God's Holy Spirit enlightens us by shining understanding on Scripture as we read it, and we begin to have those aha moments in, in Scripture whereby I understand suddenly what Scripture is saying unto me, how I should adapt my life and my worldview so that I look at it from God's point of view, and I look at it as this is truth that God is sharing with me, and it's something that I need to know, and I have a desire then to follow in every area of there's an interesting thing about this word, follow me, that Jesus spoke. Thirteen times in four Gospels, Jesus said, follow me. Do you think, do you just might think that he believes this is important? When he said to the disciples, follow me, when he said to you and I, when we believe, I want you to follow me, to follow me, to be my disciple, to learn of me. Learn of me that you may know those things that make a difference in your life. Those things that help you to mature in your life. Those things that make you a better person. Those things that will make you a better child of God. Those things that will make you more like Jesus are there to be spiritually learned. And we understand these are spiritually learned. You don't learn them any other way. So a father must know Jesus. He must know him as Lord and Savior. He must have a teachable spirit. He must desire to follow. And he must bring his children to Jesus. He said, suffer little children to come unto me. What were these women wanting when they brought their children unto Jesus as he was there with the disciples? The mothers wanted Jesus to bless their little children. We must bring our children unto the Lord. How are we going to bring our children unto the Lord? It is going to depend on how we respond to the Word of God that holds us accountable as fathers. I know that I did not have the strength without Jesus to be the kind of father that I needed to be. Only with Jesus. Only because He was in my heart and life. 
only because of his influence upon me, only because of that which he shared with me out of the word of God. His Holy Spirit is our strength. When we cannot stand, we lean on him. And he tells us that in those moments when we are weak, that he is very strong, that he is able to do those things in and through us that we cannot do in and among ourselves. A father must bring his children to Jesus. But first, a father must receive his children unto himself. Now, what do I mean by that? A children must receive his father unto himself. Well, I have seen fathers that would spend 80 hours a week at work and never have any time for his children. He never held them in his arms. He never set them on his lap. He never told them that he loved them. He never had time for his children. He would come in and say, Dad, can you do something? I know I've got to work. Even bringing home work. Being so busy, maybe, you know, maybe not that, maybe some other thing that is their thing they like to do, and they're gone all the time. And they haven't got any time for the children. The children never heard the father say, I love you more than anything else. Never snuggle them close. I want you to know you've got to receive your children up yourself. You've got to make some time. I remember Dad would carry us, carry me honey when I was little. He would carry me fishing when I was little. He taught me how to use the fishing rod. Was that the most important thing? No. But my dad was loving. My dad was loving. I want you to understand we got to love our children. Love them is more than just having children that say, well, I'm bringing home the bread or the bacon. I'm bringing home the money. That's all that I got to do. No. That's not being a father. That's just supplying their, uh, their needs materially. But what about their spiritual needs? Are we spending more time on the physical needs than we are the spiritual needs? Are we emphasizing it more in our life than we are the spiritual things that they need to know? After all, we think about this life and we recognize the Bible said we're like grass. We're here today. We're gone tomorrow as far as our physical life is concerned. But the spiritual part, we're talking about eternity. Where are they going to spend eternity? Life and death is in the balance here. You and I need to understand we need encouragement of the Word of God and the strength of the Word of God. We need what God has to say. We need to be what God says we ought to be or our children may not ever know God and they will not spend eternity with Jesus. We keep going. We have to receive them on our side. We've got to hold them. We've got to cover them. Spend time with them. So, so, very true. Well, you know, spending time with him. I brought a couple of things that I want you to be thinking about. I, got, I get these cards on Father's Day. Any of you fathers ever get these cards from, from, from children who are already grown? I get them up right here and I listen to what this one says. Then when you look at me, try not to see all the hours of worry I cost you. Try not to think of the thousands of dollars you invested in me. Try not to remember the anxiety, frustration, and just pure torture that puts you through. And open it up and say, instead, think what a great little chapter do for my family. And your father's happy. Just thought this again. I love you, Dad. Have you grown before you realized all of that? It took that. But this is the one that takes the case. This is one that has kind of a, 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 kind of a beat to it that some of you probably will know. 
Dad's the man, he's no smoke. Help me stuff and help me grow. Pray with me, share advice, stay behind me once or twice. You better know that, I would say like more than that. Gave his all, made life fun, loved a lot for all he's done. Love you, Dad. Those are the times that you know. You spent time with the children. You were there throwing the ball in the backyard, teaching them how to catch, teaching them how to bat. You were there with them to teach them when they come home and they didn't understand problems. Those problems they've had a whole lot more bad than that than they can handle. You know, they have changed it 14 times, and you know what, one of them still there. I don't know why they count that. Of all of those things, think about this. You receive them, then you bring them for blessing and, and to give them to Jesus. You bring them for blessing and give them to Jesus. Fathers, do you know the Lord as your Savior? Have you brought their children to the Lord for blessing and have you gave them to Jesus? After all, they are His. <laughs> they are literally His. He's loaned them to us for a little while, gave us the responsibility of training them up and of loving them. And if we're going to love them like he loved us, we got to go all out to do it. There's no way we can just do it in a lackadaisical way when we recognize that God gave his son and his son gave his all for us that we might be forgiven of sin. He has loved us with the greatest of loves and he says that's the way we're to love our children. Loving our children. For some families, if you start to love them like that today, they probably go throw back and say, what's wrong, what's, what's, what's wrong with daddy? That's not the daddy I know. Hopefully that's not you. But it could be the you that I'm talking about. Bring them. But when you bring them, one thing I want to do is you ask for a blessing for yourself so that you can be the right father kind of father that God desires. We have to pray and ask God to guide us, to help us, help me make the right decisions, help me love them in the right way, help me to give them the most important things, which are the spiritual things of God above all other things. Everything else has its place, but it doesn't have first place. First place is knowing God and by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. First place is always God. Always God. And if it isn't God in our lives, then we will not be that blessing we ought to be as a father. The third thing I want you to think about is this. Paul must consistently examine the example, the right thing for his children. Well, there's a lot of things we can look at when we see that. I ain't run across poems, and I'm not great on poems and things that I'm mean, I'm preaching, but every now and then you can run across one that Good examples. Listen to this call my dad. When I was just a tiny kid, do you remember when the time you kissed my bruises or cleaned my soul chin? You scrambled for the balls I hit, short winded more than not. Yet every time we played a game, you praised the outs, I call it. It seems that only yesterday you wiped away my tears. And late at night I called your name to chase away my fears. Though time has changed your handsome grip, your hair is snowy white. Your gait's a little slower now, thick glasses help your sight. Oh, do I thirst for years gone by. To be that growing lad, reliving all the memories 
Rolling. What a great example. We must be an example. If we're going to bring our children up right. We are admonished to bring them up in strength and teaching of the Lord. Over and over again, the Word of God really does speak to our hearts and to our lives. And we recognize that as God begins to speak to us, we must also speak to our children. We have to add words to the example that we live before them. Our personal life must be their example. You notice I've changed some words from that. Not from his and not from you. As a father, it's just as much my responsibility with my children and it, as it is your responsibility with your children. Because the, the father is really given the responsibility of being a spiritual leader in the house. And when he is not, spiritually, people will suffer. Mom might do her best. Mom may give it all she's got. She can't be. It is often said, if the dad comes to know Jesus, the whole family can be one of faith in Jesus. That is the, that is the influence that Father has. I've watched so many times children act just like that. How many of your moms have noticed that? How many of you dads have noticed that? When you do something, they'll do their very best to do exactly what you have done. They may not do it well the first time. They may make mistakes with it the first time. But they'll certainly try to do it. If you walk a certain way and you've got a little boy that follows you around, you'll find out he tries to walk the same way you do. If you got a little boy that follows you around, you're going to find out that he is going to do everything you do. Whatever he sees you do, he's going to try to do it. Don't remember that old scene when you were growing up and parents wanted to be stern and they'd say, don't do what I do, do what I say. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that you do what you want them to do. Because they're going to do what you do, not how do I know that's true? Because growing up, I tried. I didn't do everything my dad said. I did what my dad did. Sometimes you said things you shouldn't say because you were in that state. You better be careful what you say, Dad. There's little ears that's listening. And what is it's uh, will hear? They will say at the most inopportune time in front of government or anybody else. And some things they hear in school, they don't have any filter. They'll come home and there's nobody who's there. They'll ask you, what does it mean by? And you can draw a chair. They'll ask you what they hear. They want to understand it. They'll repeat it. They will do what you do. So we begin to see how important it is that you and I live our life 
in such a way that we can train up our child by the examples that we give. We must take the Word of God, apply it to our life, live that Word of God out. The very best of our ability with the aid of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit so that they might be taught the right thing. We must demonstrate and speak the words of truth. Now, I know that we have this, this saying, and it's still a good saying, go and take. How many times have we heard that as Christians? Go and take. We talked about that in our Sunday school class a couple of weeks ago. And I think that more importantly, y'all ought to be show and take. Show them by the life we live and then tell them why we live that life because we believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he has forgiven us. Because he has saved us. Because he has given us all that you and I might live. As, as fathers today, it is so important the very first thing that you know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I, I pray today. If there are any fathers here who don't know Jesus, don't leave this place until you know Jesus. Don't leave until you know him. That's the beginning step. That's the beginning of really living. That's the beginning of really having the freedom of the Holy Spirit. That's really the time when you begin to know what life is all about. You begin with that very first step, the very first step. And you can't take the second and third step till you get to the first and you climb in. You have to step on that step in order to get to the second step of beginning to learn about this Lord Jesus. What needs to change in your life? What needs to change for you to be the Father of God? I will guarantee you, if you ask that question honestly, before the Lord today, He will show you exactly what needs to change. For Christians, some things may, may need to change about what your priorities are. Some things may need to change as Christians today about uh, whether or not you are actively demonstrating the Lord Jesus as Lord of your life. And it may be today that you are here, you don't know Jesus, and you know exactly what needs to change. You need a change of heart. You need a change of mind. You need a change of life in, in order that you might believe and trust in the Lord. Receive Him as He is speaking to your heart. And you say, well, Richard, how do you know He's speaking? Then He wouldn't have you here today. And He wouldn't have these words spoken before you unless He was speaking to you. Right now you know it. Beyond the shadow of that. And God wants you to know Jesus as the Lord Savior. How did shy about talking about that? Why? Because God has given it to you and I. That it might be spoken on this day. It's an important day. What better day for you to begin to take the Father's road seriously? What could be more important than taking Jesus as Lord and Savior? What needs to change? What needs of your children have you spent the most time on? Physical or spiritual? Father, you want and I'm not going to answer for you. And I'm going to call on you. Now, God has spoken to us as fathers. And I believe I think the greater portion of it is encouragement because these are things that God, God says are our responsibility, but He says we can do them in the strength of Jesus. It's not an impossible task. So I'm encouraging you, fathers. 
Change what needs to be changed. I'm encouraging you fathers, if it is that you need Jesus, take care of that today. Because the invitation in a few moments is going to be for you who do not know the Lord Jesus to come and receive Jesus. Now, you may be here today and you're not a father, you might be a mother. You might even be a child, small or large, young or old, and you've never received Jesus. The same word applies to you if you need Jesus. One day you're going to be drunk and it's going to be And he goes back with, and remember being that young. Seemed like just a couple of days ago. But it was a long time ago. Long time. You don't get to be my age without learning a few things along the way. But we learn to share them so that others may not make the same mistakes all in the same holes we fell in. We can avoid some of those pitfalls and live a better life. Jesus wants to share. Where are you today in your spiritual life? Do you know Jesus? Put a man and jump up and give an invitation to some lady. And as they come, do you know Jesus? I'm inviting you to know Jesus. I'm inviting you to come to him. I'm inviting you to believe and to trust Him. I am inviting you to give your heart and your life to the Lord. I'm inviting you to make the changes that need to be made in your life. And the Lord will honor His word if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believing God has raised Him from the dead. He says, Thou shalt be saved. I know that is true. I tried it. It worked exactly what God said He would do. He, he did. And He will do the same for you because He loves you just as much as He ever loved me. He loves you as much as He's ever loved anybody else in this world. And He wants to have a personal relationship with you that can only be done by grace through faith. Would you stand and would you come as the Lord speaks to your heart today? Come just as